Thank you for checking out this week's message online. If what you've heard today impacts you in any way, let us know at impact at kingofkingsomaha.org. And so that, I can say Merry Christmas. That's right. How many of you have already taken down your trees? Yeah, pagans, whatever. No, not at all. <laughs> they are on the curb like the day after, and that's okay. Some of you put them up really early, and they've been shedding for months, and, and um, so no judgment here. But welcome. We have some kids in the house today, and I am so glad, kids. Um, some of you might have actually even heard part of this before, and kids especially, you're going to know part of this, uh, the, the first part of this message. So I need you to be loud and proud, and all you bigger kids out there, follow the lead of the little kids and be loud and proud as well. So uh, let's get there. Whoville. Yep. Whoville. Put yourself there in your mind. Whoville. The Who's are excited. They're worked into a frenzy because they're getting ready for the greatest day of the year. Okay, well, back that up. Whoville. The Who's are excited. They're in a frenzy because they're getting ready for the greatest day of the year. There it is. Thank you. We've got more of those, so just be ready. My way to make sure you're all awake here. They're getting ready for Christmas and the decorations are marvelous. The food preparation is spectacular. Gifts are being purchased in abundance. They are excited. Everyone's excited. Well, you know, not quite everyone. There is that one guy who doesn't seem to have the same Christmas spirit. In fact, he hates this time of the year. And his name is? Yeah. And I heard some kids take the lead. I love that. The Grinch. And the Grinch decides that he is going to ruin Christmas once and for all. He plots and he schemes and he schemes and he plots until all the decorations, all the food, and all the presents are gone. And with the help of his super special sidekick, ah, the kids, they got that? Max, that little cute dog, he believes he has ruined Christmas once and for all, and now all he has to do is wait and watch as the Who's wake up. And he knows they'll be devastated. And the Who's do awake to a shock, right? I mean, it's all gone. All the decorations, all the presents, all the food is gone. It's not what they expected. But the same reason that the Grinch hated Christmas is actually the reason that the Who's love it. And they get to experience it in a special way because no, no amount of decorations, food, or presents would ever really give the Grinch joy. The Who's knew it was all about celebrating with each other. And so Although they've lost all those things, they still have each other and they, and they stand together and they begin to sing. Fahu fores, dahu dores, welcome Christmas, Christmas day. And I'm going to 
keep reading. Welcome, welcome, Fahu Ramos. Welcome, welcome, Dahu Damus. Christmas Day is in our grasp, so long as we have hands to clasp. Fahu Forest, Dahu Doris, welcome Christmas. Bring your cheer. How many of you thought I'm going to hear the words to that song today? None of you? Yeah. We're going to keep going. Fahu Forest, Dahu Doris, welcome all who's far and near. Welcome Christmas, Fahu Ramos. Welcome Christmas, Dahu Damus. Christmas Day will always be as long as we have, we have glee. Fahu Fores, Dahu Doris, listen closely. Welcome Christmas, bring your light. Fahu Fores, Dahu Doris, welcome in the cold, dark night. I don't know if the great Dr. Seuss was intentional in those words pointing to Jesus, but they certainly do. Welcome Christmas, Fahu Ramos. Welcome Christmas, Dahu Damos. Welcome Christmas while we stand heart to heart and hand to hand. Fahu Fores, Dahu Doris, welcome, welcome, Christmas Day. The who's expecting one thing and got something totally better. They had to lose something good to experience something great. And as for the Grinch, who is on the outside looking in, what happens to him? He expected those who's to be devastated, right? To implode on themselves and turn on each other, to hate Christmas as much as he has for all those years. But he's, instead he sees them united, caring for each other. And what happens to him? Well, let's watch. <laughs> and so the Grinch's heart is transformed from the inside out, and he is forever changed. So the Grinch can be helpful and good and fun and whatever, but let's jump into a place that lasts for eternity. And we're going to go to the Old Testament first. There's a prophet named Zechariah. And Zechariah was used by God and to tell people what they need to hear. And God gives him a message about the coming Messiah. God gives Zechariah this message to tell the people. And, and Zechariah actually uses one of the greatest uh, leaders, war leaders of all time, a guy named Alexander the Great. And Zechariah speaks about how Alexander the Great like overtook everything, how he cut through nations like a hot knife through butter. And he overcame every nation that got in his path, except he never took the city of Jerusalem. And God's people hear this, and they think, yes, the Messiah will come like that. He'll be a great war leader. He's going to help lead us to prominence once and for all. But then Zechariah doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, the Messiah will come humbly. Unlike a great war leader, he'll come humbly, riding on a donkey. But God's people maybe didn't want to hear that part as loud. It wasn't quite as flashy. And so for years and years, they wait. And with every new king that comes, they wonder, is this the one? Is this the Messiah who's going to save us? So Solomon comes, and there's great feasting and decorations and gifts are given but is Solomon the Messiah? No. No. And yeah, you know, I'm a kid's director, so let's be vocal in here. Is Solomon the Messiah? No. no. Not Solomon. Then Rehoboam comes, and, and Rehoboam, he does some good things, but is he the Messiah? 
No, and then there's King Asa. Maybe he's the Messiah. No, way no. He's like the worst. Asa's real, real bad. He's a terrible king. But then there's some kings that do good things, like Jehoshaphat. Is he the Messiah? And then how about good King Hezekiah? We call him good King Hezekiah. Maybe he's the Messiah? No. And they wait, and they wait, and it's terrible. And actually, they are overtaken, and they're in exile, and it seems that all is lost until in the darkness a light shines out and there's a song that is sung and it's not about those we celebrate Christmas with, it's sung by angels about the one we celebrate as they declare glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests for today is born to you. Jesus Christ the Lord, the wait is over. Jesus has come, your Messiah is here. And so we celebrated that last week. And he came not as Alexander the Great, as a great mighty war leader, but we get to see the rest of the prophecy fulfilled in Matthew 21. And before that, actually, we see it earlier in Matthew is as Jesus comes in his mommy's tummy on a donkey being born in a barn. And then later again, we see that same humble animal appear as Jesus does what Alexander the Great never did. He takes Jerusalem. But he comes riding in on a donkey. The humble king has come. So now we know that he fulfilled the promise better and different than we could have ever imagined. And so here we are, knowing that God is faithful and knowing that Jesus has come. So what now? We are a week away from Christmas celebrations and we are two days away from 2019. Crazy to think, huh? And so what we might have expected in 2018, maybe that didn't happen. Maybe we didn't accomplish all of our goals. Did any of you accomplish all your goals from 2018? Zero of us. Ugh. Maybe we didn't lose the weight we wanted or rise to the position we wanted or whatever our goals may be. So what type of goals do we make in 19? I think we can look to Jesus to help us with those. And as we look to Jesus, I wonder if we look at God's people as they're waiting for this Messiah to come, if we look at them and if, and if their hopes and dreams of what the Messiah will, would have looked like and their expectations were written down as New Year's resolutions, it might have looked or sounded a little bit like this. Here's what they wanted from their Messiah. They wanted a great and powerful leader. You know, one, would, one who would come and speak persuasively and passionately. One who was so charismatic that he would be followed by all people. And what does God send? A baby. Born to peasants. Followed by shepherds. Maybe some sheep and cows. What they wanted, the perfect political leader, like the great 
and best high priest they've ever had, one that would unite both parties, or at least the one that I like to follow. And what did God send? He sent a, a man who would call the political leaders vipers. He did send one who would unite those political parties, but only in their hatred towards him. What they wanted. Someone who would lead them here on earth over their earthly enemies. And what did God send? Someone who would come to die so that when we leave earth, we may be in heaven for eternity. They were so fixated on their kingdom here on earth. And Jesus was and still is interested in something entirely different. He's interested not in an earthly kingdom, but in a heavenly kingdom. He's interested in a kingdom of the heart. He wants our hearts. And so although it is okay to eat healthier and to lose some pounds and to eat more organically and to get promoted and to gain confidence and all those things are okay and good and what if our 2019 goals focus more on the heart? What if we made intentional goals and each one of ours are going to look a little bit differently? You might, you might write yours out a little bit differently whether you are a kid who is a student in school and in your practices or an adult in your job, maybe even at a job you hate. What if we made a goal to care for others more than we compare ourselves to others? What would that look like? What if we made a goal to pray for those around us, especially those who have hurt us? That boss that makes our life really tough. What if we made it our goal to pray for them? Kids, that person in the schoolyard or online who bullies us, that's not just for kids either. What if we made it our goal instead of hating them and wishing they'd move away, we'd pray for them? What if we made our goal to lay down each of our earthly treasures so that we can lift up what's in store for us for eternity? What will that look like for you? Maybe like the Grinch, we could ask God to make our heart expand three times the size. I believe if we made those type of goals that we would see a totally different type of joy. Losing weight's good. Gaining confidence is good. But living in the joy of Christ, producing his fruit through him, caring and loving for others is entirely different. So with 2019 coming, boys, girls, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, all of us in here, friends of the Most High King, let us march forward. Let's seek after his heart. The wait is over. Christ has come. We follow him. Let's pray. Father, you are almighty. You are holy, you are perfect, you are good, and you seek after our hearts. As your people were looking for the perfect leader, someone all-powerful, you sent your all-powerful son in a totally different way, born to us in a barn. 
born to grow and to die so that we could have life forever in heaven. And so, Father, as we live here on earth, you claim us. You call us your sons and daughters. Through the waters of baptism, you invite us into your family. And being part of your family, that means that we have heaven. And so that the things of this earth may not grab us so tightly, our jobs and possessions will fade away, but your gift of eternal life lasts forever. So we give you our hearts, Father. And we pray that we would see your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven and that our hearts would seek after yours. Let it be done. Let it be done today and each day. Let 2019 reflect that. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship.